Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, what's up, everybody? How you doing today? Amen, amen. Welcome again. My name is Joey. Honored to be the lead pastor right here. I want to welcome all of our physical locations, those online. Uh, I'm sorry, what you just witnessed was one of our location pastors on drugs, I think. And so... I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but that's what Pastor Matt's office would look like if he had one. This is why we don't give him one. So anyway, honored you're here. Uh, Merry Christmas. I think it's fair to say that in the great Christmas season. And uh, haven't you been impacted already watching people cross the line of faith today, death to life? And uh, yeah, you know, today's a special day. Uh, it's not necessarily, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a regular Sunday where, uh, you know, we're, we're teaching. I'll teach a little bit different today. Uh, next week, uh, we'll finish our series on Philippians as we walk verse by verse through that. Uh, but today we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction, uh, pausing from that. And we are celebrating because today is the culmination and the completion of our public phase of our here to stay campaign. And uh, so we're going to celebrate some things, uh, but ultimately this is a two-year campaign uh, that uh, that will really just update you once a month or so as to what's happening. Of course, you'll participate uh, from an online or from a giving perspective, uh, but really this is not just a two-year campaign. What this is, is it's an investment into life change for generations to come. That's it's an investment uh, in the life change for generations to come, amen? That's what it is. And, and what we've seen today in people getting baptized, what we're doing by saying we're here to stay and planting our flag in the ground is we're saying that this kind of stuff is gonna keep happening. And so what I wanna do, I wanna do something to start my message off. I wanna do something a little bit different. Uh, we've never done this, you know, Center City will do this later today. Espanol will do this later today, but synced up with us right now is our Northwest location, Port Richmond location. And so I actually wanna do some live baptisms, like synced up together at the very same time. So at broadcast here, you're not gonna be able to see it, but, but at other locations, you'll be able to see uh, the Northeast. But it's just powerful that as a church family, because we're we're, we're, we're a kind of big church family. We all do these things at the same moment. And so in the Northwest, I want to invite up uh, Justina uh, to get in the tank right now. And uh, we'll clap in a second. I know you're excited for Justina. Hold on. Uh, Justina uh, is a single mom who began her journey with Jesus just this past summer. She serves on team. Uh, she just dedicated her kids a couple weeks ago. And now, right now, about to get baptized to tell the world she's a follower of Jesus. Um, in addition, I want to invite up uh, Marilyn uh, from Port Richmond, who's getting in the tank right now. And Marilyn uh, recommitted her life to Jesus this past June. And she's getting baptized alongside her husband today. Amen. Uh, Marilyn has attended Pastor Grace's block group. She now serves on the hospitality team. Marilyn, we're excited for you uh, and your husband. And then right here in the Northeast, uh, I want to invite Steve to the tank. And uh, Steve uh, was invited. Yeah. Powerful story. 
Steve was invited uh, by his wife, Laura, and had attended irregularly for a while. He's currently in recovery and he's experiencing victory. Come on, somebody. He has wrestled with the ideas of spirituality for a while, but a couple weeks ago during service, he made the decision to follow Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's ready today to surrender it all, to go all in in his relationship with God. Now he attends every week. He serves on our teardown team. And together with Marilyn and Justina, Steve's going to take the next step. And at locations, we're praying over them. And uh, you can see Steve at your locations. But I want to begin to pray over these people. And if you would, just as a sign of uh, us as a church family, see, the discipleship process is us going with people. So if you want to stretch your hands to the tank at your location, I would love for you to do that. Just as a sign, man, we're with you, Steve. We're, we're with you, Marilyn. We're, we're with you, Justina. And right now, would you pray? with me, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that these folks are taking this step of discipleship to say, the old is gone, the new has come. We thank you, Lord, now that they are stepping into an adventure with you. While it may not get easier, it certainly will get better. While we don't know the future, we know that you hold the future. And I pray, God, now that you would fill them with your spirit. I pray now that you would empower them to be used by you to follow you all the days of their life to take up their cross and follow you God I pray that you would bless them and anoint them now for the journey and inspire us to stand beside them and go with them thank you Lord that you save souls even today so do it like never before thank you for the harvest bless these people in Jesus name amen amen all right well listen Justina, Marilyn, and Steve, we're thrilled to walk with you. And it's, it's my honor to baptize all of you. Come on, church, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, be blessed. Let's give God a praise. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for new life. We bless you, God. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you, worship teams and uh, everyone in between. And uh, man, it's exciting. This is why we do what we do. This really is what Here to Stay uh, is about. It's about celebrating uh, that God's not done yet in our city when many believe and abandon I want to quit on our city. And by the looks of it, our city is decaying and it's deteriorating rapidly. We still have this hope. We come on, we still have this hope that no matter what it looks like, we don't see, we don't have faith by what we see, by what we hear. And we hear that God is with us. He's before us. He's not done yet. Come on, the best is ahead for Philadelphia. That's what we believe. And uh, that's going to happen as the people of God uh, make these steps and as we plant these flags in the ground, as we build these lighthouses. And so I'm going to give you a, a brief recap of what here to stay is before I preach God's word. Uh, but ultimately, guys, in short, uh, we're not just buying, renovating, and building buildings. What we believe is we're building lighthouses that lead the generations to Jesus. 
that nobody, no government, uh, no uh, anything can move us from putting our flag in the ground and saying, we are here for our city and for the world. And, and that's ultimately what Here to Stay is about. It's a long play. It's a 30 years from now play. It's, it's a two-year investment that lasts for eternity. And so instead of me saying it all, uh, these projects in Port Richmond and Northeast and Northwest and beyond, I want to show you and remind you of what our projects are. So guys, take it away. During the pandemic, our leadership board and elders and overseers, we began to have a conversation. We can't only meet in venues where we could be in one week and gone the next, just like we are currently experiencing in some places. We realized that everything we've done, all the lives we've changed, the impact we've had in our neighborhoods, they could in a moment be swept out from underneath us because we were renters, not owners. And we said, no more. While we'll always plant locations and rent will be a part of our strategy, strategically certain locations need permanent facilities and places to stay, to not only meet weekly needs, but also throughout the week to serve the needs of our neighborhoods, to be a hub for evangelism and also to grow together in authentic community. Furthermore, and most importantly to us, our next generation needs a stable place to plant themselves, grow, learn about God, and raise healthy families and what will be the church of Philadelphia for generations to come. Our Here to Stay campaign is going to last for the next two years, and here's how it's going to work. First, we're going to stay committed to all of what the Block Church has been doing for the last eight years. For example, we're gonna continue investing in the Block Kids, the Block Youth, Serve Saturdays, and our other ministries. Secondly, not only are we going to continue doing all of those things, we're stepping into the future of what God has for our church by beginning the process of obtaining our own properties. What would it look like for several of our locations to own properties? How would it change our city? We're expecting God to do great things. For our Northwest location, we're going to buy and renovate. Same for the Northeast, but this will be our broadcast facility and it will likely be the largest facility. For Port Richmond and Espanol, we've already bought the building. We're gonna complete renovations and then pay for it. For online, we're gonna invest heavily in this infrastructure over the next season to expand our global reach. And for other locations like Center City, not only does this improve your experience, it's gonna open doors for the future. And of course, there'll be a central space to gather for our entire church for special and unique experiences. In other words, this initiative impacts every location now and for the future. Now, these are things that we are called to invest in over the next two years during the initiative. I know a lot of you are asking, how is this gonna happen? How are we gonna accomplish this? Well, it's impossible. But with God and together, we can do this. We've gotta change the way we look at generosity. Now, sometimes it's confusing to say, give to a project or give to this building project or location or existing ministry. So over the next two years, we're gonna create one big Here to Stay fund. And as you give to the Here to Stay campaign, we're gonna use the monies given to advance the mission and vision of the kingdom of God in Philadelphia. It simply looks like this. At a baseline, it takes about $1.75 million a year for the block church to operate and 3.5 million over a two year period. 
So together, we're going to look at giving a little bit different, and we're going to increase our giving to raise an additional $2.8 million for buildings and renovations. That'll be a total of $6.3 million so we can move forward and do all God's called us to do through the campaign. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you to process, pray, and plan. How will God call you to realign some things in your life, to step up your giving, or even give a large one-time gift if God's blessed you with stored assets? On a personal note, Laura and I are extremely excited about what God is going to do through the Block Church, and we are all in. Amen, huh? So I just realized that this was before I shaved my head. So you're like, who... Who is this guy? Well, it's still me, just more handsome than ever. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, here's why today is celebration, okay? Because, and I really want us to be excited about this at every location. And, and I want to say before I even announce this, um, I'm really humbled. I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm moved by your commitment and your generosity. Uh, we, and ours collectively, because our, all of our staff, elders, board, we've all participated and are participating in this. Uh, but, but, you know, we've been receiving cards, you know, from the start of this. And uh, through the cards, ultimately, here's why we've been receiving cards for three reasons. First of all, when God speaks to you, you write it down and the card holds you accountable from what God spoke to you. Second thing is, is it allows us and helps us to budget and plan because it's one fund. Ultimately, everything that comes in, in one fund, we will meet our budget needs. And then everything above that, that goes into the purchasing and the renovating of facilities. So it's important we budget and plan. But lastly, uh, we've got to then go to the banks and we've got to bring this so that we can get the sort of uh, loan that we need to do what we need to do. And so we weren't asking for cards to just be controlling uh, or see what you make or any of those things. Like there's, there's a strategy to it. And whether you've turned one in or not, uh, we're grateful. We'll keep the opportunity to turn those in all the way through Christmas. But here's what I want to celebrate. And I hope you celebrate this too. Our goal was 6.3 million. And as we gather everything, here's where we landed. It's unbelievable. We've landed at 6.1 million. Come on, somebody. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give God a praise. He landed at 6.1. Come on, somebody. And I, and, I, and I praise God for this because here's what they told us. They said, when you plant this church, number one, you probably won't make it. Number two, you'll never be able to buy buildings. Uh, and number three, this whole thing's going to fall apart because nobody's going to ever give. Man, I love it when the devil's a lie. I love it, man, because it, it is impossible. And I, I know that we're in a recession. I, I know that we're going through something, but there's nothing like investing in the kingdom of God. And we know we don't live in God's economy. We live in the kingdom economy. It's upside down and somehow God's going to take care of you because here's what my Bible tells me. He's ne I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. He doesn't forget us. He never, in fact, what he always does is he provides more seed to the sower. Now, all that said, right, we've got about a 200, let's just do easy math, we've got about a quarter million dollar gap. No big deal. 
Okay, no big deal. Uh, I, I think we can make up that gap. I want to encourage us to make up that gap from now to Christmas. That's really going to help us, okay? Uh, because we're being aggressive. We're trying to buy three facilities, and it might take more than two years to do it, but, but, but I think we can make this gap up. And I want to say this. If you're a guest with us today, if it's your first time, uh, none of the, what I'm saying uh, is, is for you to feel any sense of pressure at all. You don't need to give if you're a guest at, at all. In fact, nobody needs to give. God's going to get his glory and he's going to get what he needs. Uh, but I, I will say this, uh, it is important for you if you're a guest, because at some point you're going to come back and you're going to reap the benefits of the sacrifices other people have paid. However, I think we can make up the gap and I want to show you how small it really is in the grand scheme of things. Now, uh, we've had 33 people who've decided to give for the first time because of the campaign. Amen. That's great. Congrats to you. You made a great decision. Uh, however, here's how we make up that gap uh, with some folks stepping up who are giving at a comfortable level. We've got to give at a sacrificial level. Okay. However, uh, on a practical level, if we had 75 new givers from now through Christmas, okay, 75 new givers, and we had about 50 new cards come in, uh, all that that is over 24 months is $139 a month. Wow. Did you see how this works together? That's you skipping out on an, on an additional uh, subscription or whatever it is, $139 a month by 75 new people for 24 months, that's $250,000. And you've just changed people's lives for eternity. So we can close this gap. And at the end of service today, my wife and I, we're going to bring our sacrificial offering. And believe you me, I'm shaking pulling this check out. But Somehow, some way, we're going to even add to it so that we can participate in closing this gap. And so because I'm that serious about this, we're going to not only meet our goal, we're going to exceed our goal in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Uh, I, I have some pics uh, that I'd love to show you. This is the kids bringing their offering. Were you there that day? Wasn't that powerful? Love that. Um, and, then, and then, of course, uh, you know, we had some leaders giving at Advanced Commitment Night, which I thought also was, was powerful. And, uh, and that's going to be us today. So I want to prep you. Some of you give online, and that's fine. We brought a physical offering today. We'll do that at the end of service. But for now, uh, I want to get into God's Word, and I want to go, um, go to Exodus chapter 36. Uh, start at verse 3. And ultimately, this is the people of God building the sanctuary. It's the people of God building God's house. Exodus 36, verse three. The Bible says, Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported but people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Amen. Amen. I want to speak for just a few minutes on the idea of more than enough. More than enough. Come on, look at your wife and tell her we have more than enough stuff from Target. Come on, tell her. 
If you don't like that joke, I don't care. I was, I was sending a message to the front row. Okay, send me an email. It won't get to me. The other night, the other night, the other night, my son, he loves pasta a lot, pasta. And, uh, and, and, and so he's eating it and he was, he was extra hungry. And I'm like trying to help him like love us and love Jesus more than pasta, but he loves nothing more than pasta. And he's eating it and he's eating too fast and he's eating too much. And, and I see him sneak off into the kitchen and, and I'm like, how is this boy still hungry? Well, he's being very quiet, very quiet. And I'm wondering what is going on? And, and after a while I hear mom. And what had happened was, is he had vomited his pasta. And what he was trying to do, which I appreciate, he was trying to figure out how to clean it up, but he was just like, I give up. Because then he says this, he says, after everything's cleaned up, can I have some more pasta? what? <laughs> like, like, no, like you've had more than enough. Uh, now on the contrary, uh, when we have Sunday dinner or we have a holiday, my wife is Italian and there is this intrinsic thing that there's never going to be enough food, but there's always way too much food. And especially when other people bring stuff. And so all the time, like she's making like seven pots of gravy and it's like, it's like, she's like, I'm so scared. We're not going to have enough. And, and I'm like, Lord, other people are bringing stuff too. We're going to have way more than we should. It's going to be sin. It's going to be gluttony. And it's your fault, you know? And like, there's, there's two kinds of more than enough. There is the uh, focus on self. There is the, there is the I need more pasta. I, I, I want more. I can't get enough. And then we are so filled that we end up spiritually vomiting, looking for something else to fill us, but it never does. Or there's the more than enough where the community comes together and there's more than enough blessing. There's more than enough favor. There's more than enough love. There's more than enough feast to go around. I think what's happening in this passage with the people of Israel is there is not a focus on me, 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 me. And trust me, they were guilty of that. But in this moment, it was a community beauty event where it was like, man, we are accomplishing what God's asked us to do because the focus is not on self. The focus is on community and God's priority. And I kept thinking to myself, man, Moses must have been a really good leader that he got his people to the point where they brought more than enough to build the temple. And then I started thinking about how Moses really wasn't that great of a leader all the time. But I was thinking that, man, these people did get to see the parting of the Red Sea. Pretty cool. Uh, they did uh, get to see, uh, you know, cloud by day, fire by night. Uh, they did get to see meat falling from the sky. That would build my faith, especially in this sort of economy. If meat fell from the sky, I'd eat quail for that. But, you know, it's like they saw miracles and maybe that's why, like, their faith was so high. But I think beyond any of that, friends, we see miracles. I mean, some of you are sitting here today and we saw some of these stories, right? People in recovery, people coming to Christ for the first time. But some of you have been walking with God for a long time and you forgot he healed your minds. 
You forgot he healed your body. He forgot that he, you forgot that he gave you a spouse and he gave you babies and he gave you a job and a home. And a lot of the stuff you prayed for, you've taken for granted. I've taken for granted, honestly. And so what happens is, is the longer we journey with God, it's easy to forget. And, and, I, and I keep thinking about the people of God and, and like in this moment, why were they so generous? I think really they, they hadn't forgotten. In that moment, they hadn't forgotten. And God has been so good. How could we not bring him our best? But I wanted to make this kind of relevant to us in our life. And I, I kept thinking, why was it that they were so generous? Maybe they didn't forget, but I think they had God's priority, his heart, that God had their heart. And in Revelation chapter two, Jesus begins to speak messages to churches and he talks to Ephesus, which is the first of seven churches that he speaks to that are in the Roman empire. And Ephesus, they, they had some unique challenges. I mean, they're in the, the, the heat of the, of the emperor's cult where, where there were a lot of, there was a lot of mythology and there was a lot of uh, just sexualization. There was, it was just, it was just gross. And what the Lord commended these people on was a couple things, but one of them is they had great discernment. When there was a false teacher, they could call it out. They, they knew their theology and their doctrine. They had, the, they had the feeler going off and the finger going off when they heard something wrong. But after a while, uh, their works started to become dead religion. After a while, they got comfortable and they forgot that Jesus really brought them from death to life. Jesus really, they kind of forgot how overwhelmed they were that Jesus saved them. And I think that church is so relevant to us because, again, as I mentioned before, it's so easy for us to forget. Do you remember when you first got saved? Or when you first got baptized? Do you remember how, man, like everything was emotional? Like you would lay in bed at night and you'd wake up early so hungry for God. You couldn't wait to read his word. You couldn't wait to devour a new book. You couldn't wait to be in the house of God. You couldn't wait to serve. You couldn't wait to tell somebody about what's happened to you. Like when we first got saved, there was just this energy about our relationship with God. We're emotional. We'd see a cat. We hate cats, but we'd cry. It's like, man, I just, like, I'm full of, like, love and so excited and I'm, I'm emotional. But, but after a while, we forget the miracle of how dead we were in our sin, of how gross our lifestyle was, of how awful the way we used to think. And we forget because we just get comfortable going through the motions. I show up to church sometimes. I kind of lift my hands if I like the song. I kind of sing if it's in my range. I give if I have extra. I serve when I'm not tired, right? Like after a while, it just becomes dead religion. And this is what Jesus warns them about. He's like, I made you alive in me and you used to have so much passion and gratitude. Where is that? 
But he says to them in Revelation 2, verse 4 through 5, he says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand or your influence from its place among the churches. I don't want to be guilty of that. And the older we get, friends, listen to me, we're, we're eight years old. We'll be nine years old next fall as a church. We're almost a decade. It is natural for us to lose the wonder. It's natural for us to just be like, man, like it was good, but kind of like life got in the way. God, please never, ever let life, good or bad, get in the way of feeling what I once felt. And feelings come and go, and sometimes they're overrated, but God restored to me the joy of my salvation. Remind me of how dead and wretched my sin was. Not to make me feel guilty, not to condemn me, but to remind me of how good you are and how faithful you are and how loving you are and how you saved a wretch like me. I never want to forget. And I know that my sin, even now, sometimes I'm like, wow, if I wasn't saved, oh Lord. Like I know, like I, I don't even need to know what I would have been like. I just get a little bit of a picture because when you're married, you get reminded of how potentially awful you could be. <laughs> and then you have kids and you're like, I think I'm a demon actually. <laughs> Oh man, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Come on, Northwest, Port Richmond, online, Northeast. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? I don't deserve it, but he gave it to me anyway. Man, I know some of your stories. Don't look at me and golf clap me. Don't look like I know where some of you were. You should have been dead. should have lost your mind. You should have been strung out. You should have been gone from here. How do you have a wife? How do you have a family? How do you have a job like God's been so good to you? And I think the people of Israel... They knew it. They knew they'd still be slaves. And yeah, I know they were working out the slavery in their heart, but I'm just saying in this moment, man, like they, 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 they were messed up, but they got this thing right. Because why? Because God was first. God was first. They had nothing else. And we got too much stuff. We actually have more than enough. So it's real hard for God to be first. <laughs> See, Jesus says to them, hey, you've lost your first love. Other stuff has gotten the way. And, and I'm just warning you, church. I'm warning myself. In the Christmas season especially, it's easy for things, even people, to get in the way and God be second, third, or fourth. The reason that they had more than enough is because they didn't have more than enough. The reason that they brought more than enough is because they didn't have more than enough. God was first. And that was enough. And then, of course, we know what Jesus says. When you seek first the kingdom, everything else comes after that. And even if you got a little, it feels like a lot. 
because you got the main thing. I preached a message, I don't know, a couple years ago, and it was called uh, Get Rich, Stay Rich. And what I was talking about was the power and the beauty of community, of relationships. But ultimately, the whole theory of it is you're rich when Jesus is first in your life. Because at the end of the day, man, like, like th this life, this earth, all of it, it just, it just ends. It, it fades. It, it doesn't matter. But when I got Jesus and when I behold him face to face, man, you can take my mind. You can take my money. You can take my stuff. You can put me in prison. You can put me in pain. But I have the king of kings and I'm his child. So I'm rich. You know, Jesus says this. He says, where your, your treasure is, your heart will be. And in our culture, it's, it's super easy for us to, 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 to say Jesus is first. But at the end of the day, you know what we passionately pursue because we're told to is our security. Our financial security. And so we feel like, man, if I've, if I've just got money in the bank, if I've got my retirement funded, if, if, if I've got a, a good job, if I've got a little bit of margin and a little bit of room, if I can do enough gifts, like, like I'm good, that, that makes me feel comfortable. And friends, listen to me, there's nothing wrong with any of that, except when God's not first and when God speaks and you're not willing to release what God speaks to him because you don't trust that he's still God. And so when Lauren and I, when we made the decision to empty out our security, even though we got two kids and even though there's a lot of things to pay for and we knew we'd be giving in December, we said, we've got to keep reminding ourselves and making God first in our family. Honestly, I want to put God in the first place and just put myself in position to need a miracle. I want to I wanna make sure that I'm not wasting my time. A lot of us, we struggle with our faith because we live based on security. We never get out of the boat and begin to try to walk on water. So we never see any miracles. So we live a safe faith, which is no faith at all. If you want your faith to work, you got to work your faith. And if you want to work, you want the word to work, you got to work the word. And the people of God in this moment, they brought more than enough because God was first. Question for you today. Is God first? And so many times the telltale of that is in your finances. You go through the list of your costs. And we could go through it and some of you, your subscriptions to television or your subscriptions to this is first. For some of you, your coffee is first. And you go down the list, but like, is God first? Because if he was and if he is, Philadelphia would never be the same. Last couple of weeks, I hadn't been preaching much and um, I started to visit some of our other locations. I went to the Northwest, amazing location, amazing people. You got the greatest location, Pastor. I love you, Xavier. He wasn't there the day I went though. 
He was on vacation. But it was powerful to go. Then last week, I went to Port Richmond and I got to experience our new building for the first time. And, and, and when I say experience it, experience it in a service. Trust me, I've been there. And Pastor Derek was preaching. He did an unbelievable job. And at the end of service, as he was doing the altar call, I'm watching this LED screen that, that we have that makes the sermon come to life. And I'm, I'm looking at it. And, and, then, and then he says, bow your head and close your eyes. And I, and I turn around. I know you're not supposed to turn around, but I just wanted to see. And I'm watching Pastor Derek lead people and I'm watching people's hands go up in Port Richmond and I'm going, oh man, it was all worth it. And I have some pictures of of Port Richmond, this hundred year old building that we bought and renovated. And you know, if you got nine lives, when I had two kids, I lost two of my lives. (laughs) This building took another one of my lives. But man, it was worth it watching those people come to Jesus. Look at that place. Thank you, thank you for giving. You're not giving to, you're giving through. It's powerful, powerful. Thank you. And guess what? The best is in front of us, friends. Uh, an example of Port Richmond down in the, in the basement, there's offices for our location pastors. They don't have heat or AC yet. I'm gonna let them tough it out for a while till we can afford it. It's a process. This might take two, it might take three, whatever it is, but we're here to finish because we're here to stay. And, and as we conclude this time, uh, and as we receive our first here to stay offering, uh, I actually want to invite your location pastor or your leader forward. And, and here's something that you should know about elevating our giving. As, as our budget and as our giving increases, here's what also happens. Our ability to give away increases as a church. And so what I want to do at every location, and this will happen in Center City, this will happen in Espanol, but what I want to do at every single location is I want to model what's going to continue to happen as our giving elevates. I want to invite in the Northwest, I want to invite Rachel up. I want to invite Rachel, who's a mother whose family ran into a bit of financial turbulence recently, and she's serving on a team, and she's committed to community, and she's trying to pursue all that God has for her family, but we just want to, before we even receive this offering, we want to bless you, Rachel. Come on, let's give God a praise. In Port Richmond, I believe it's Tina Marie. Forgive me if it's not. But I want to invite Tina Marie up, who's a single mom who has been faithfully bringing her daughters to church. And they're growing in their relationship with Jesus. She's in new to the church in Port Richmond. And Tina Marie, we want to bless you and take care of you this Christmas. Come on, let's give God a praise. And finally, here in the Northeast, We want to invite Hector forward. Hector's a father of two and he has cancer. He needs procedures and medical bills are piling up, but he's attended faithfully. He's he's bringing his family to church. He's serving on Serve Saturday at other events and we're believing God for Hector. We're believing that God is going to heal him. Thank you, Lord. Come on. 
In fact, now we speak to the cancer and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. We thank you that he's going to be victorious in this and overcome. And this will be a testimony to your goodness and your glory, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Friends, there's more than enough in the kingdom of God. The question is, is he first in your life? Because when you move some of that stuff out of the way, you make them first. When we seek first the kingdom, everything else begins to align. Guys, it's not about money, but when it comes to money, it means God has your heart. I don't want anything in the way of God having me, our church. I don't ever want an angel to show up and say, hey, man, you used to love me, but now all you do stuff is it's just dead religion, man. You know what God's priority is, friends? You know how we know that God's first in our church is because it was what we saw with the baptisms. God's priority is souls. And when we give, what we're doing is we are plundering hell. We are rescuing people from hell. We're pulling people out of hell by way of Jesus. That's why we say you're not giving to, you're giving through because when we give, it's rescuing the lost. It's building and fostering atmospheres that will be here to stay so those who don't know Jesus will know him. So kids who haven't yet become followers of Jesus will have a place to go. Where teenagers who don't have a place to know him will come and know. Do you understand what happens? It's not about us. It's about the kingdom. And that's what's going to happen today and over the next two years. We're going to make an eternal impact. Do you believe that if you do say yes and amen at every location? Let's stand to our feet every location. I want to invite ushers forward and I want to invite my wife forward. I'm going to pray over this offering. And I know that many of you give online or will, um, but Lauren and I, we wanted to go Old Testament style today and um, we wanted to actually bring a sacrifice of praise. And so today during this moment, um, as we sing this next song, as we worship, if you're ready to bring your first offering, man, bring it forward. Even if you don't have anything and you know you're giving online, man, bring it forward as a sacrifice of praise. Grab your, your spouse's hand and man, do that. This is a moment. We're putting seed in the ground, seed that's gonna sprout for generations to come. So I wanna pray. Would you pray with me, Father, in Jesus' name? Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for us, for you loved the world so much that you gave. You gave us Jesus who rescued us and makes us new. God, give us the power, empower us to go be your hands and feet and see the lost rescued, your priority, souls. We love you. Take this seed, do above and beyond anything we could ask, dream, think, or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you sing. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.